FM, The Breakfast Show with Blake and Lawson in Melbourne, Australia. Well, also, I'm in Melbourne. You're you're far away. Lawson, Melbourne, Blake, Finland, mm-hmm. Shell, Newcastle with Mon Mon. I can see her on the screen as well, too. Also in it's Newcastle, Wal- eating Wal- some broccoli. Yummy, yummy. Broccoli salad. Oh, it's a salad. Okay. Yeah. Did you did you just Ooh. you're gonna be away from the country during Super Bowl time? I know, I heard it on the news and I was just like, but don't worry, we're gonna find a way to watch it. You're gonna it watch here. it over there. We're gonna have to find a way to watch it over here. It'll be my first I'm so keen. It'll be my first Super Bowl in Finland. <laughs> Dude. But it's happening. <laughs> Probably your only care. Super Bowl. I don't care how it's happening or or how we're gonna make it work where we're going to watch the Super Bowl in Finland, and it's going to happen. It's a thing. It's for real. So well, we're going to see. Hey, we probably have some some text messages coming up. But before we get into that, we're going to have another question for the quiz. Here we go. Clue, Next question. clue, clue. It's the clue. We have another clue for the quiz. <sighs> okay. The Lord commanded me to go to Nineveh and preach. Now, one time I heard someone preach a sermon on this person and they said that this person had gone to a place called Nineve uh and they preached the whole sermon saying Nineve and then they were reminded after it's not pronounced Nineve it's called Nineveh so if you know who the lord commanded to go to Nineveh and preach 0491064669 is the number to call or text and if you call or text that number with the correct answer you'll go into the draw to get the great controversy DVD Fountain View Academy amazing epic awesome concert where they're going through history they're singing these awesome songs and then also we have Jesus at the helm a 1000 piece jigsaw puzzle so if you know the answer so that's a 200 point if you already answered the quiz for today then you don't need to answer again but these questions are getting easier and easier and easier if you know who went to Nineveh to preach 0491-064-669 you know I just I gotta say just real quick a side note here the Southwell family, they give these really weird Christmas presents for Christmas. And one of their Christmas presents was a jigsaw puzzle that specifically had pieces missing. And one of them have to put the jigsaw puzzle knowing that they cannot finish it, but they that still got to put it together. That is like the most dubiously devilish Christmas present ever. I actually, I thought that was the funniest one. I, you know, I I thought that that's going to be the worst bad present ever. Uh, They're they're a very, very eclectic bunch. And they're some of my favorite people on planet Earth. I love the Southwells, but they do the weirdest gifts for Christmas I've ever seen. I think one of them one year got tickets to the opera. So they had to just go to the opera one time, just like mm-hmm. by themselves. And yeah. let me just say, they were not into the opera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so it's it's so as wild times. Uh, I don't know what the I don't know what the purpose is behind that. We're gonna get we we're, we're gonna need to get some clarification from <laughs> producer Shell. 
Why do you do these monstrosities towards each other? Please. Speaking of weird and eclectic, you're in Finland right now, Blake. Has there been any like weird, eclectic kind of moments while you've been over there? Weird things, weird happenings or goings on? Yeah, like definitely. Uh, basically, <laughs> no offense to Finland, but like everything about everything is weird here. Uh, definitely. Oh, <laughs> Uh, oh, but I'll yeah. tell you, tell you, let me tell you one thing. Look, I can't. There's so many things that are just like it's such a. It's very strange. Definitely a very different country. Uh, obviously, it looks very European <laughs> because it is. Uh, but one thing that was really wild are French tacos. You ever heard about French tacos? Huh? No. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I've I've kind of traveled all over the place. Never heard of a French taco before, but it's essentially. Like a burrito filled with French fries, then grilled and then melted together with cheese or something like that. That sounds epic. It actually was really good. Did you eat one? Yeah, I ate one. Yeah, it was really cool. So I I don't know because I was like, what is this? I just like, I had to order it because I was like, this is so weird. So French tacos, that's definitely the weirdest thing I've seen thus far. Another thing is most Finns speak English. But they won't. Oh, that's weird. Oh, they've like, got some like they, cultural they, they bias. Will. Got I don't even think it's cultural bias. bias. I think that they think that they don't speak English well, so they're nervous oh. too. But in mm. fact, they they speak really well. From my experience, like everyone speaks really, really well. But there are definitely some people who don't speak English because there was a guy talking to me, I believe, about my hat for about five minutes. But I was trying to explain to him, I don't understand anything that you're saying, but he did not give up and finish uh, for a while. He just, so did, he he just didn't the, finish. Right? There's a lot of finish jokes happening all the time. Well too. Uh, speaking of finish, we need to finish our text messages uh, that we're getting coming in here before we get into our Bible study. I got a text for you, Lawson. Welcome back, Lawson. Looks like you had a great time in Melbourne and the Lord blessed with mission uh, with more laborers. Amen. The wheat is ready to be picked. Heart emoji and smiley face emoji. Kathleen, you got the answer correct. Janelle, correct. Julia, again, correct. Then we got another text here. Russia and Ukraine, the pot is cooking. And it's ready to blow up. In a way, mm. World War Three is already happening since much of the world, Europe and America, is supplying weapons to Ukraine. That's actually mm. a really good point. I didn't even think about that. In a way, there's already an ammunitions kind of trail to follow for that. If you were in Russia, you would who would you think you're actually fighting? Just Ukraine? The NWO are trying their best to force Russia to use nuclear weapons, as we know. That the plan is world depopulation. Ooh, scary stuff with our text messages here this morning with a whole bunch of scary, sad face emojis, money, flying money, world, and a <laughs> little angry devil emoji. I think that's what that money, is right there. Mate, we've got money and flying money. Dude, it's, yeah, it's all over Crazy times. Uh, here's another text message. Hi, Morgan. Now you know how Moses felt the difference he has in the desert. You are in the snow. <laughs> the difference is he was in the desert, but you are in the snow. May God give strength and wisdom and also bless your mission. God is good. Oh, good point. I'll let Morgan know. He is the snow Moses. 
He's uh, the snowman. You've heard of this? <laughs> yeah. Above all, snowman, he is the snowboses. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's another text. By the way, your mom and dad have been coming to Hamilton Church for a while now. They must be very proud of you. Oh, Aww. there we go. That's from Raphael. Mm-hmm. Oh, shout out. Thanks, Raphael. Shout out. Uh, I've got another text message here from Julia. Yes, the answer is correct. D, yes, also correct. I'm not sure who this one is, but you got the answer correct as well, too. That's an unknown one. Uh, then, yeah, that's about the end of our text messages for the day. There's been a few others that we'll read, I think, a little bit later on, but I mm-hmm. want to get into our encounter with God time. Are mm-hmm. you ready for that? Yeah, absolutely. We're going to do 20 million movement Bible study. We've been talking about money, and this week is talking about dealing with debt. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, we talked about how the ritual over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. Mm-hmm. And God wants his children to not be slaves to lenders, but them to be themselves lenders to others, which is mm-hmm. kind of a little role reversal there. You know, uh, if we look at the world today, everyone is a borrower. Everyone is getting that fast money for the instant gratification. But God is actually giving the scriptural evidence and scriptural recommendation to not always be the one borrowing from someone else, but instead to be the one lending to others as well, too. So we kind of are material beings in a material world. Mm. Uh, And and everything seems to be very alluring with all of that. But I do want us to read Matthew 6, 24 and 1 John 2, 15, which we'll read a little bit. Lawson, do you think you can read that for us? Absolutely, I can read those verses for us. Matthew chapter six and so verse twenty-four, and First John chapter two and verse fifteen. I'll just find them on the page, and we'll get back right after this. You're listening to the Breakfast Show. Contact us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Now, Matthew chapter six and verse right. twenty-four. So- Matthew, we're into it. We're into it already. Already, let let I'll let your Finland internet catch up. But we're we're getting it done, Blake. Here we go. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And read. Go ahead and read First John two fifteen as well too. Do not love the world or the things of the world. Um, anyone who loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Got a question for you, boss. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought about being a rich man? Of have course. Have you ever just had that, like, dream? Of the, course. The money dream? Ab- absolutely. And I, I really love how the 20 million movement put it. It's like, you'd have to be made out of steel and synthetic oil, not flesh and blood, not to feel at times the lure of material possessions and the desire for wealth. It's, it's just the reality of life that money makes the world go around. Money sustains us. Money enables us to be able to live. Therefore, the thought of having a lot of money and then being more comfortable is something that would go across anyone's 
mine pretty easily. And in fact, like, you know, specifically winning the lottery and the idea is there is like, man, I work so hard for what I have, but what if I could just be given a lot more than what I have for the current work that I do? And uh, I, I saw a post on Facebook recently about this person who, a lottery winner who had passed away. And unfortunately they had passed away from like some terminal sickness or something. And just before they went out, they, they blew like, $68 million because they, yeah, they just, they just had that amount of money in the bank and they're like, Oh, well, I guess I got to spend this before I go. So they just spent big, but yeah, definitely. It's, it's wow. something that we've all that's felt a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> $68 million. That's a pretty big going just, out party. They just dropped 68 mil on their going out party. A cool 68. Man. Yeah. That's that's wild. Okay, and, wild. and I think it's I think it's interesting. Like because for me, I, I've never played the lottery in my life, and especially as the, as a Christian, you know, gambling, playing the lottery, those kinds of things. It's not something that God advises us to do. In fact, He says it's 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 very much an enemy uh, to our life, and so. It's like, oh, like I, I would never do that. But again, that allure of money, it's like, oh, but what if I won the lottery and then, you know, I gave 90% of my winnings to God's work, that kind of thing. We can justify it and think, oh, it would actually be a good thing. The lesson actually gets to in, in the first couple of paragraphs here, it talks about how whilst being rich and being wealthy isn't necessarily something that is prohibited by God, as there are many rich and wealthy followers of God that we find even in the Word of God, um, that the temptation of wealth and material possessions has led many souls to ruin. Many, many, many souls. It's Look, I have also had the money dream. Mm -hmm. I mean, who hasn't, right? Mm -hmm. I've always like, oh, if I was rich, I'd do this thing and that thing and that thing. Mm. One thing I've also been on the other end of the spectrum. So I've been homeless three times in my life, right? Mm -hmm. Like unwillfully homeless. I've been recently, I've been a little bit of a vagabond just living in my car, but I'm not counting mm -hmm. that as homeless. I was more residentially challenged at best, <laughs> you know, uh, but, but I, but I have been legit homeless three separate times in my life. Once when I was a kid, my grandpa burnt my house down. That was not really cool. Shout out, Grandpa. Uh, so that happened when I was like five. Another time when I was a teenager, I lived on the beach, literally just slept in the sand for about nine weeks. That was a, a journey as well, too. That's and when I first moved to Australia, no, actually, when I first moved to Australia, that was intense because I lived in a tent. For two <laughs> and a half uh, so <laughs> that's actually how that worked. So I, I have had that experience i've had money and i've not had money and uh, you know it has been definitely a, a journey going one way or the other and I, I look i haven't ever i haven't ever had like tons of money by any means but definitely when you have enough money to pay for the bills and pay for food and pay for you know your roof over your head that's a lot better than when you don't have any money and you're living you know, under a tent roof and look, going camping is one thing and that doesn't count when you have to go camping. It really changes the ball game, you know, mm. but I gotta say, you know, I've had, and I, 
I've had money. I've not had money. I've had both. And I love showers. Showers are one of my favorite things about having money. So if you ever are Amen. like, hey, I want to want to spend some time being homeless, like that's the one negative of it. But I've also learned there's a lot of places you can shower uh, that, you know, are pretty good. You know, you go to the beach, you can shower there. Uh, you go to the gym, there's a shower at the, at the gym. You can do that as well, too. But for the most part, having a nice shower with a roof over your head is just a really good feeling for sure but the Uh, yeah go ahead i was gonna say i think what the the lesson is is getting at it says in the next session it says unfortunately the love of the world can be so strong that people will go into debt um as they hope to satisfy that love and yeah although the the money dream i don't don't think the money dream is quote-unquote a money dream if you're seeking to have shelter and a shower and to eat food um, but yeah, the, the compulsion to, to be rich, to have things can be so much that, yeah, you'll go into debt and then you become a slave to that debt. And I think the biggest problem with being a slave to debt is something that I've actually experienced in my life personally. Um, when I was 18, I was baptized and I became a Christian and I looked at my life at that point and it was a bit of a crossroads in my life. And I was like, what do I want to do? What do I want to do with my life? I had been you know, had become a Christian and I had been compelled that God's mission was the most important thing. And when I looked at my life and I saw the fact that I'm 18, I don't have kids, I don't have any overheads or any, any debt, I was like, I'm in the perfect position to give my life in service to God completely. And then that enabled me to go and to uh, you know, attend a Bible training school programs to become a Bible worker, to reach people with the message of the gospel. And I could do that for, for a fair number of years for very receiving very little money, but that didn't matter to me because I'm like, I don't have debts to pay. I don't, I don't have debts to service. I don't have kids to feed. I can go and do what I want. Uh, but it was, it was a perfect position to, to be able to do that. If you are then in debt, and if I at that age was when I when I became a Christian, if I had a significant debt, whether it be a mortgage or, you know, I don't want to throw kids in because I, I think that the Lord, you know, kids are a blessing from God and that God will su- supply if he's calling you to ministry, but you have kids as well. Uh, but yeah, if I had gone and encumbered myself with significant debts to to be able to service some great lifestyle, I wouldn't have been in the position to be able to do that. So I, I think that I can see a kind of a bit of a correlation here that the amount of debt that we are in directly links to the amount of ability that we have to give everything to God and to really serve him with all of our life. Because the more debt you have, the more work you have to do earning money to service those debts. And, and that's where you can come unstuck. It's like, I just, I'm so in debt and I have so much work to do. I'm too in debt to serve God. It's a self-perpetuating cycle that just goes and goes and goes. Uh, Debt also is essentially one of Satan's nets that he sets for people. Like Mm -hmm. he wants to control people through debt. We talked about how debt equals money for the banks. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 8 says, There is one alone without companion. He has neither son nor brother, yet there is no end to all his labors, nor is his eye satisfied with riches. But he never asks, For whom do I toil and deprive myself of good? This also is vanity and a grave misfortune. 
Oof. So understanding that, I, I guess when I go back and talk about that time that I you know didn't have any money in the past as well too, and I was homeless a, a few times in my life. Mm. When you realize that you will survive those times, you're less inclined to feel the need to have everything happening all together all at once. Mm. The desire to go back into debt, like you will survive not having money. Mm. You're going to make it, mm. and so don't feel the 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 necessity to say I have to go get into debt to survive. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we have one final ending clue for the quiz for 100 points. You need it. This is your last opportunity to get into the draw. Of course, you know the draw is happening on. Friday and you'll have more days, but it's your last opportunity today. So guys, get in. And this is the easiest clue so far. For 100 points, I lived in a big fish for three days. So this person, they're in a big fish for three days. If you know who did that, you know who was, who was hanging out in a big fish, 0491 is the number to call or text, and you will go into the door to win our amazing prizes for this week. The Great Controversy DVD by Fountain View, an amazing concert that they're running, as well as Jesus at the Helm. 0491-064-669. Yeah, there's not a lot of people who've done that, I got to say. That's a pretty exclusive club. Uh, if you if you know, you know. And if it's you pretty, don't... It's pretty epic man cave. You know, I wonder what you could set up inside the fish, like a bit of a couch, maybe a television. The worst cave ever. <laughs> Just, uh, apparently, there there's some stories about this person coming out of that situation mm. changed forever. Like yeah, he was absolutely. bleached white. It, yeah, anyway, I can't give any more clues. Away. We we can't, we can't. Sorry, we're going to give the answer away. But hey, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Now we've been talking about money. We've been talking about debt. Uh, we've been talking about how it is not a good thing. I, I guess God's general principle for His followers, His for God's children, is that they would keep themselves abstained from debt. Yeah, to be, they, I, I think definitely would say God would like to see his children debt free for sure. Uh, he's given counsel throughout the Bible, throughout the scriptures, uh, that help to lead his children to financial freedom as well, too. You know, I, I do want to be clear though. Uh, it does earlier say as well, too, that debt is not a sin. Uh, we want to be clear about that, but it's not the ideal either. So there's a kind of little, there's a little space in between there. You know, it's not the ideal, but it's also not a sin as well uh, when it comes to debt. But God has a better plan for his people. Uh, we want to read here in Psalms chapter 50, verses 14 to 15. The Bible says, Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. Mm-hmm. So we want to really think about what does it mean to pay your vows? You know, what's the attitude that we should, as children of God, be living with when it 
Well, a vow is like a covenant, right? It's mm. a it's a declaration. We see vows happening at weddings normally. That's what we think about in terms of, I guess, a modern day context. We talk about the vows that we give to our spouse to say, "Hey, for better, or for worse, richer, or poor, in sickness and health, you know, till death do us part, we are going to be uh, together." Come what may, thick or thin. And so this is the vow, the declaration that is made. But what God is saying here is talking about that kind of covenant, but we should be paying our vows. And I don't think this means that we should be paying our spouses. I don't think that's what the context there. I think what is really being said is here, if you have made a vow to someone in a financial capacity, you should always pay your debts. Mm. So whatever that may be, Make sure that you're paying that debt off if you find yourself in debt to pay your vows. Mm-hmm. Now, that also means to be careful to not put yourself in so much debt that you are unable to pay. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to pay your vows off if the if the debt is so incredible that you fiscally, physically, and financially are not able to, right? So it's important to remember that. Mm-hmm. Now, furthermore, we have in this passage, like it says here, offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows now to who? To the most high. So, so I, I think there's a good principle of like, hey, don't be, if you're a Christian, don't run up the credit card and skip town or whatever it may be, just avoiding, uh, you know, that, that is, that is theft. That is a scam. But now it's saying uh, pay your vows to the most high. Now, we have been commissioned by God. Uh, we have been commanded by God. In fact, there there is things that we need to pay to God. Now, the first one is the sacrifice of our own lives. Um, Jesus has died for us, and now we're called to die to self, to submit to God. And, you know, we have many different natural uh you know, ways in which that's expressed, whether it be to, you know, yeah, in, in the different ways that we can follow God's laws, his commandments and whatnot but then in regards to money as well we also have the system of tithe uh we have the system of tithe and offering which is giving our money for the sake of god's work going forward and i think to to tie it all together actually we've been talking about in our news cycle i mean talking about the crazy things happening russia ukraine world war three potentially world ending events uh, you know, and we can see very clearly, oh, you know, this is a time in which Jesus is coming back soon. Well, if Jesus is coming back soon, what's more important to spend your money on um, than the servicing of his work? Uh, if Jesus is coming back soon, you know, it's like, hey, I can run up a big bank account. But in the end of the day, and in a very short amount of time, all of it's going to burn. What's more important than to paying my vows to God, whether it be the service of my life or even, yeah, the financial position that God has put me in, the money that he has given me, is there any better thing to do with it than to give it, you know, to, to use it uh, to, for his glory and for his message and his gospel to go forward? So two things here. I, I want to be clear as well, too. Uh, when we talked about vows before, we're talking about, you know, the wedding vows. We're talking about mm. the, the the covenant vows. But there's also another form of vow that takes place 
which is our baptismal vows. And when we choose to follow Jesus and we choose to get baptized as uh, a part of the, a member of God's body, the, the member, a member of the church, because when you get baptized, you're getting baptized into Jesus, but you're also getting baptized into the body of Christ as well, too. And part of that is to support, uh, the church with your tithes and offerings and to purpose to worship God and to support the church, uh, with personal effort and influence as well, too. And so, when we say to pay your vows, it is also a reference to say, hey, we don't belong to the world. We don't, we're not owned by our employers, but our first allegiance is to God and to make sure that that allegiance is set out first. But it's important for us also to remember it's not wrong to work hard to earn a good living, uh, but that's not the same thing as making an idol of wealth or money. You know, the dip, there is a difference between saying, Hey, I'm going to be diligent. I'm going to work hard and put energy and effort into making a good living and, and be faithful with our tithes and our offerings. And, but to not make, uh, wealth an idol. And I think the mm-hmm. difference here is the object of working is not to make money, mm-hmm. but to be able to spend your time how you want to. Mm. And so when we understand the difference there, instead of accumulating a vast number of wealth to understand, really, I'm doing this so that I can have more time, energy, and effort for God and my mm. family. And Absolutely. It's a, it's a just a different mindset that you got to keep in mind. You're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith FM, positively different. With Blake and Lawson, Lawson in Melbourne, Blake in Finland. Oh, also, that's me. I forgot to mention that part. And Lawson, <laughs> can you give us the answers to the clues? Yes. Okay. Well, the answer to every clue is Jonah. That he's our guy. Uh, he told God he was angry enough to die. Uh, he had, you know, he he he. He was banished from God's sight, yet he looked towards the temple. That's the repentance that he prays for in the belly of the fish. He told the group of men he was the cause of their strife. Uh, he, com- he was commanded by God to preach in Nineveh, which was one of the reasons why he got thrown overboard from the boat and swallowed up from a fish. He didn't want to go to Nineveh. And then finally, um, yeah, he did live in that big fish for three days. Interesting guy, Jonah. Very interesting book, one that I'd recommend you read and if you got the answer correct you got your name whether it be 500 points or 100 points you have been put into the quiz so you have the potential the the draw sorry so you have the potential to be able to win Excellent. thank you Lawson, for that we also have on the line i believe i don't know where he is actually somewhere between melbourne and kurnabong it's glenn townend glenn yeah. can you hear us I can I can hear Excellent. you very very clearly. Oh, it's beautiful. Well, I'm calling you from Finland uh, to check in. We're doing a mission trip up here in Koivuko, which is a lifestyle uh, center that focuses on healthy lifestyle, and that's kind of what you're doing with I Will Go Ride. Uh, the focus it's kind of like a pastoral well being and personal faith sharing combined into an endurance cycling adventure. That is pretty wild stuff. How are things going and where are you at right now? Okay. Well, thanks, Blake. Um, and yes, uh, we're in Beechworth, Victoria, um, and we've done two days riding. We started at uh, Federation Square 
um, in Melbourne on uh, Sunday morning, uh, somewhere around 6:37, we 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 headed off, and within 500 metres, we'd given out our first um, lots of literature explaining the ride and uh, all the books that we're we're giving out, uh, which was. Uh, was really good and yeah so it took us ages to get out of melbourne because there's a whole lot of people and uh we were stopping and 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 giving books out and but we rode 180 k's um the first day um and finished up in uh Uroa. um and then from yeah then from Uroa we've we've ridden to um uh, Beechworth, and that's where we are the, this morning. And and today's a, now this a is, day. This is kind of an inspired, uh, if I'm not mistaken, by Philip and Frederick Rieke, who were Avenus mm-hmm. booksellers riding bicycles, kind of on the same journey that you guys were going on back in the 1890s, selling Christian literature uh, from door-to-door, house-to-house, uh, all the way back in the day. Is that correct? That is that is correct. Um, young Frederick Rieke, uh was asked to to go to Western Australia um, in 1893, um, and he ended up in Perth with his wife May, and they went from house to house around Perth. But then they discovered um, that there was a lot of miners and farmers um, nearby, so he he bought a bicycle. Is they had a, a, a child, um, and so May stayed in Perth, and and he rode his bike from Perth to Geraldton, um, then Perth to Kalgoorlie, and Perth to Albany and back with his with his books, um, selling on the way, and yeah, lots of practical books, books on how to. Um, raise kids, how to know what's happening in the world, um, and 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 health and food and cooking. So very practical stuff. But um, one of the big books that they really focused on was the the Great Controversy, and 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 so Philip, uh, so Frederick Rieke, I mean those, you know, they're huge distances, and in Western Australia. Um, the it's sand and there was no you know tarsial road so he must have been incredibly fit um but yeah a whole lot of people were really lives were changed uh particularly through the faith books um uh, the great controversy and little groups of believers started popping up and he inspired a whole generation right up until the 1950s who were riding bikes all throughout Australia and New Zealand um selling those kind of books yeah I'm, I'm thinking Tom Kent was part of that as well too which is uh, I had a young Tom Kent the great great grandson I believe he was uh, live with me and, and help me plant the church uh, there in Raymond Terrace for a little while as well too. All from, yeah, all from this uh, this trip way back in the day. Yeah, well, the so he he inspired his uncle to buy a bike because his uncle was doing work in the city selling door to door, but um and and he had started in Melbourne and then went up to Sydney, and and people said, oh well, nobody's ever gone over the Great Divide, so they he bought a bike. 
with another young fellow. This is Frederick's uncle um, who had come out from Scotland because they both come out from the UK in the late 1880s and uh, then got into selling books from the Bible Echo Company in the early 1890s. Um, and, yeah, he he called one day on the on a farmer who just lost his wife, Tom Kent, 45 years of age, 11 kids. His wife on her deathbed had said, I want to meet all of you guys in heaven. Now, he wasn't particularly a churchgoer. She was. And he said, all right, I'll do it. And he had no idea how to keep the promise. Within within a few days, Philip Reeky rocks up on a bicycle while he's ploughing his wheat field and uh, sells him the book, The Great Controversy. And uh, he enjoys reading it at the start, you know, hearing about um, Jesus and um, what the apostles did and uh, the faith um, development throughout history and 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 all of that and then towards the end it comes to you know having to believe different things that were different because he'd started going along to to church and 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 sharing his beliefs and the people thought he was crazy um his family thought he was crazy but in 1896 um he wrote to the publishers and said oh you know, no, none of the Christians around here agree with what's in this this book. Where do I find people who, you know, uh, are, are of like faith, I suppose? And they said, oh, you'll have to go to Sydney. So he jumped on a train in 1896 and uh, went to the Ashfield Seventh-day Adventist Church, and that's where he, he found like-minded people. He went back and then shared the book, The Great Controversy, with all of his neighbours and six of them, six families, decided to um, say, yep, we're, we're in for this. And they created a little church in Ugower in 1904. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, and out of those six um, families, there's been heaps of people who've who've continued on the journey and they estimate about 20,000 people have come to faith in Jesus through the sharing of that one great controversy. That's a lot of people for sure. And, and talking about continuing the journey, if I'm not mistaken, we're going to try and check in with you each and every day. We're running out of time here on the show, on the breakfast show here this morning, Glenn, but thank you so much for uh, checking in with us, and we want to check in with you, I believe, tomorrow and the day after as well, too. So just keep up the great work and the great ride, handing those books out, and we'll talk to you very soon right here on Ethan. We've come to our very last segment of the day. Just before, we we need to go back to our various doings in either Finland or Melbourne. Blake, how are you feeling? How are you feeling about wrapping this thing up? It's been fun. It's good having you back, Lawson. Uh, <sighs> I, have, I was getting a little bit of... Uh, I'm on Mon. I was uh, I was nervous that I wasn't going to be able to see Mon, but she's been here the whole morning, <laughs> right now, Michelle, making sure that if anything goes wrong, she's going to jump on there. I could tell, but she's also Doing crocheting. Some crocheting as well, living peace, her best life. Peace. Mon gives me the peace through crocheting, and then you, uh, yeah. I give the I mean, power through the words. So we're here on uh, Faith FM. Thank you for joining us in Finland and in Melbourne 
where you talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. For being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.